radical life. Well, here we are going down the road of mint. Our new series. Yes, the mints. A mo. A moment. Mint. We're taking a word like content. You add mint to the end of it, and you get another word, contentment. Mm, like it. Yeah, and I, f- I, I feel more content already. Do you? Just and knowing we're going to talk about contentment. And it's falling on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving Day. Okay, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And it's appropriate because one of the things that's a part of contentment is having a grateful attitude. Right. Contentment is a state of being happy and satisfied, being pleased, fulfilled, and gratified. It's not an excited kind of happy, but it's more like a peaceful ease of mind. Mm. You know, For me, when I'm around somebody who is very content, you feel it. I mean, obviously you hear it too, but you just feel it. Their contentment that they have in their life that comes from that place where they've realized that it isn't stuff Mm -hmm. that makes you happy. It's not stuff that brings you peace. So let's talk about some of the characteristics of content people. One of them is they're flexible right very flexible they're open to new ideas or new ways of doing things they can easily adjust or adapt to a situation right somebody shows up at your house and they are a content person you don't feel like you have to entertain them it's not like you have to put on your dancing shoes they're not worried that their house might not be in perfect order right you know they're just relaxed about it yeah they can view life from different angles Most specifically, they are able to see their life from a spiritual point of view. They can look at their life from God's perspective. Because I think when you look at your life from this horizontal place, you can get very confused, disappointed. But when you're looking from God's point of view, when you see his perspective, you can be content because he sees the big picture. Right. We don't always see the big picture. We get tunnel vision. Well, there's a Bible verse that says that the fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content, untouched by trouble. So we're starting with the fear of the Lord then, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's where you start if you want to be a content person. Content people tend to be optimistic. They aren't bitter. They're not resentful. They're not critical. They're not complainers. The glass isn't half empty. They tend to be positive people. And like you said, you want to be around them. Mm -hmm. They put their faith in God's timing, his purposes and his ways. Mm. And when you do that, you're not worrying. You're not in fear. Another characteristic is there isn't this constant striving on their part to try to just get more. Right. To be something else. There's not this overload of trying to work at something, achieve something, whatever that something is. It's not there. They're not constantly grinding. Yeah, I think if you're waiting on God's timing and orchestrating everything, you don't have that attitude of striving. And you're not worried about tomorrow. And if something comes, you're not going to be fearful about it. You're going to rest and relax. I think that content people, I don't have any statistics for this, but I basically feel that I bet you, Content people are healthier because being in a relaxed state of mind reduces your stress, reduces anxiety, and those things take a toll on your bodies. Right. I'll bet you content people have less headaches. Again, I don't have statistics on that. It's just I'm assuming that would help your health. I would say content people are also more accepting and they're not judgmental of other people. They don't react to or hold offenses. 
they look at themselves realistically, but they look at others realistically because everybody goes through stuff. Right. And I think you have to remember, too, that people are made in the image of God. Right. Whether they believe it or not, whether they believe in God or not, they're in his image. Right. So inside of them, they're going to have that same stuff going on. In the book of Ecclesiastes, one of the themes that goes throughout the book is that of there is nothing new under the sun. There are things that are meaningless, even, it says mm-hmm. in the book of Ecclesiastes. Some things are just meaningless. Here's what it says, that there was a man all alone, and he had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless, a miserable business. So for those that are just constantly trying to get more, Mm -hmm. trying to achieve, there's nothing wrong with more or achieving. But that constant, if you're trying to fill yourself up to become content, it won't be done with trying to get more, jam more into your life. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, now I'm totally content because I'm full. You think if you have wealth, you'll be content. Right. I know a lot of upper class people who are living very well and are unhappy and not content. Because if you have the certain attitude, you never have enough. Right. In our society, there's always something or new out there that advertisers say you have to have. Right. And if you compare yourself to others and they have it and you don't, somehow you kind of feel like you're less of a person. That's right. Because you don't have this thing everybody's talking about. And that can just get you in this, I got to keep up with the Joneses. and. Yeah. You do that to what end, right? Content people, they love people more than they love money and possessions. They show people that they appreciate them. And the Bible says to use your money for others. Isn't there a verse that says that? That Mm -hmm. you should use your money for the kingdom, for others. Well, if you just accumulate money unto yourself, for yourself, Mm -hmm. to do your thing only, you're going to be one sad dude. I mean, you are just going to be... Your fulfillment meter is going to be really low. And I think God gives you extra money to use for the kingdom. And the kingdom is people. Right. The Bible says that he is the God of more than enough. And if he is the God of more than enough and we are created in his image, his likeness, if we are like him, if, if we are his children, then we're going to be the children of more than enough. And if you have more than enough, you got more than enough to purchase the things you're supposed to purchase, do the things you're supposed to do. You're going to have all the more to give away. All the more to, to give help, away, exactly. To help people. So let's go to the Hebrews 13.5. Okay, Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free mm-hmm. from the love of money and be content with what you have. Mm-hmm. Because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. The Lord talked about money a lot yeah because there's a great danger in it and we can all fall into a trap contempt people realize joy doesn't come from material things can you think of a single content hoarder <laughs> hoarding just kind of goes against contentment you know, they are not con- content I, I think the word would be contend oh condemned because of the way they live oh to contend with oh man alive i've been in houses where there's barely an aisle stuff is stacked up over your head and there's barely an you just feel so oh man i can't there aren't even words to describe discontent yeah they have all the stuff they don't even know what they have no and they're just so miserable 
and they're living in miserable right. conditions. And, and it's not that they're accumulating or, or that they're acquiring a product or that they're getting inventory to sell, yeah. to give, to disperse out. They're just getting it. There's get with no give. And with no purpose. There's in with no, no out. And to get with no purpose. No purpose. What are you using it, for? It's a pond that only has water coming in and no going no. out. It's just stinks. Yeah. That's one stinky pond. Places stink too. Uh, They attract bugs and disease. And it's an analogy too of what we can do to our own bodies. Well, our lives when it's only taking and no giving is really a mess. Yeah. In every way just becomes a mess. We're really not supposed to be that way. No. God has built us to be givers. That's Mm -hmm. just... Some people, you know, will say, well, that dude's really a giver. No, we're all supposed to be givers. Yeah, and if we're in the, made in the image of God, he is a giver. Yeah. And so we're supposed to be like him. Giver of life, not the taker of it, the giver of it. He gives life. I think sometimes there can be initial high when you're going to buy something new. Oh, yeah. But then once you get it, how quickly does it fade? How many times do we have stuff in our closet that we haven't even ever worn, right. but we just had to have it. Had to have it. Items that still have the price tag on it. Mm-hmm. I remember people bringing in their parents' clothing <laughs> to where I worked after their parents had died, and we were going through the clothes, and this lady had 30 pieces of clothing that still had all that. I've gone to help people move, decks. and uh, they were finding bags of new stuff that they had bought. They don't even know how long ago. Yeah, never uh, opened. Never opened. They just had bought it. There it was in the bag. Yeah. Tag still on it. They'd forgotten that even bought it. I know you have so much stuff right. when you put something with your other stuff. It all blends together. I think a life that is content is a life that is also in control. You've got oh. you've got some good control. You got control of your life. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's good. when you're out of control, you you don't get anything done. But you're busy all the time, and, mm-hmm. and, and you never got time for anything. But with contentment comes all these other things mm-hmm. that really are beautiful things to have in life. You have time for people. You have time to do the things that you dream of. A lot of people just, they lose so much of their life by being discontent. People who are content who can distinguish between wants and needs. Right. They try not to buy stuff they don't need. And by doing this too, you are keeping yourself out of debt. Yes. There is definitely no contentment when you get that credit card bill and you open it up and you see how much you owe or how much you spent for that month. And you're thinking, you can't even remember what you spent two weeks ago that why is the bill so big? Because you are not in control of your finances, right? You're not in control of your impulses. I think that's part of it too. You just see something and you buy it and with not thinking of the consequences. If you're content, I don't think you desire to have more than you need. I mean, like you mentioned, the desire for striving, that they already have joy in what they already have. I've got this. I'm good with it. And you practice gratitude in all the small things you have. That's right. I've heard of people, I've never really done this, but that they make a list and they start to kind of go over the things that they're grateful for. And it can be little, little small things Mm. too. And if you can learn the joy of simple things, especially things that don't cost money, that's a good place to find contentment. Some people, they're not content, has nothing to do with possessions, but 
their status in life and their situation in life. They're not right. content and maybe they're embarrassed of their socioeconomic status. Right. So they're not content with that. Right. Well, you always hear, heard it said you need to become content in whatever state you're in. Yes. That means you're always striving to be in a different state. You know, you're mm-hmm. looking for that. If, as soon as I get there, yes. then I'm going to be fine. Right. This anxiousness, this grumpiness, this angstiness that I carry, this anger, this whatever it is that I'm displaying, that'll be gone when I get to the state that I want to be in. Because once I get there, it's nirvana. Right. Everything's good. I'll be great. I'm in nirvana. So you don't have to work on anything now. Right. <laughs> Just, but when I get there, everything's going to be great. I'll be content. Yes. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. So one thing people need to do to be content is to let go of your past failures. Let's say you made a failure. You let it go and you live in the present moment. Yeah. There, they, you, you're living in the present. You're living in the current time. And you learn to be in content with what you have. Yeah. And you don't want to compare yourself to others. You will not be content if you do that. I know for a lot of the folks that I know, have known throughout my life, you look at how their parents lived. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much, so much of how their parents lived bleeds over into how that person lives. Yeah. Easy for me to look at my parents, you know, to see how they lived. And then I look around and I see why do I live? Why am I the way I am? A lot of it just comes from that. You saw that growing up. Yeah, I agree. You felt that growing up. If you grew up in a content home, which I believe my home was very content, Mm -hmm. parents just didn't constantly strive. You know, they were very happy every state that they were in. I mean, the first home we lived in, my mom describes it. It was a home where the, the wind came whistling through the walls. You know, <laughs> of course, I didn't remember it. She's pretty young. But, you know, I four or five years old, and it was just fine. It was, it was a mm-hmm. nice house, and we had rooms in it. You know, you had luxuries. You didn't have to go outside to go to the bathroom unless you wanted to. So and then we got our second home. You know, we moved to another house in, and wow, so much bigger and, of course, so much nicer. And after a time, they added on to the house as the family got bigger. And so they were happy, each of the homes that they were in. And I agree with you. I think yeah. some children can learn from that. They end up adopting that. But I know someone, their parents were kind of lower middle class, but all their friends were kind of richer. Right. And so they were always embarrassed about... Mm. That they didn't have the nice pair of jeans like they did. Right. They would have envy or want to covet or wanted to be better than they are. They weren't content with and maybe even resented their parents for not doing better or being better. And if you have envy or you are coveting, that is one of the Ten Commandments, then it is a sin. You can see today in some of our current political events how people want to get rid of rich people (laughs) so that they can have what they have. Right. And that has happened in societies. And I've even seen like these crime shows where murders occur because you envy or covet what someone has and you kill them so that maybe you can get it or... And so you have to be careful with that. Right. Do you have the First Timothy 6, 6 through 10 well, verses? Well, I, I, I got the Bible right you here. You do. I'll certainly it, find it here. 1 uh, Timothy 6, 6 okay. through 10. Got it right here. Let me read it for you, sweetheart. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's what it, the Bible says, that godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. 
But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, it says here, is a root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Again, the Bible warns what money can do. Definitely take you out of contentment. But I like it. It said godliness with contentment. So the two go together. I suppose people who don't know the Lord can be content and maybe it's because of their upbringing. But basically, when you have the Lord and you're walking in godliness, contentment should be like a fruit, should have joy and peace. If you put those two together, that could be contentment, right? Fruit of the Spirit. I know some people too that they are not content with who they are. They look in the mirror and they're not happy with what they see. They look on themselves disagreeably. They don't like their looks, their talents, their intellect, gifts that God gave them. They're not viewing themselves as God views them. They're viewing themselves may baby the world's or somebody else's standard. Paul says it actually is a blessing sometimes not to have this perfect looks or a perfect life. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, that's why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. So when you view yourself from God's standards and you're living in godliness, he's not asking you to be perfect. He's not, because sometimes when you're not perfect, God gets greater glory for what's going on in your life. But you have to stop viewing yourself harshly. They're not content because maybe they're overweight or they've got some things going on, parts of their personality they're not happy with. But then you just work on those so that you can bring yourself into that place of contentment and be at peace and see yourself as God sees you. Can you imagine if in life you've pretty much lived your plan Well, you've lived a certain way. Even though you don't call it your plan A, it is your plan A because that's Mm. what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you just haven't sat down, wrote down plan A is to do thus and such, to have thus and such. Well, I think a lot of people in America live with this plan B. And plan B is called the lottery. Mm. I hear so many people say, if I win the lottery, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. If you win the lottery, that Mm. is even remotely in your mind as a possibility that you're going to win a lottery. So in other words, you actually do things, put money towards, have an action that if you win the lottery, you waste money. And they're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, oh, wow. I can't even fathom it. Somehow that'll make you happy. Somehow that's going to make you happy. But the reality of it is you do a little research on these people who win lotteries. It's not pretty. And you try to tell that to the person you're talking to whose plan B is the lottery. Oh, they'll have no part of it. Oh, no, I'll be that one. Okay, if a million people have ever won a lottery throughout all of life, I'll be the one who goes against that. Mm -hmm. It's never going to happen. Plan B does not happen when it comes to a lottery. And somehow you think you're going to be content when you have all this money, which, by the way, isn't all the money in the world. I mean, that's how you think of a lottery. Oh, I just got all the money in the world. No, all the money in the world is exponential trillions or beyond. You're just winning a few million. Right. And it's a limited amount. It's limited. You're not a millionaire. Millionaires keep making money. Right. This is you're getting a set amount. And each time you spend money goes down, 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 down. Well, the the day you get it, it goes down very fast because the government gets a a good chunk. Right. Let's see. Where does it go from there? Well, I'll tell you what. People show up 
friends you didn't know you had. And now you got to build a wall to keep everybody out. I mean, talk about discontent. Yeah. You are discontent fast and you got to spend your money. To you get... won't even know who your friends are. No. So let's get back to contentment. That is a part of contentment. Right. Um, another aspect I wanted to talk about is some people are very tied into their possessions. Right. I know a person whose identity was tied up in their possessions. And when they lost their job and had to sell things that they own known, they basically had a nervous breakdown. Right. Oh, there, and there goes your health. Yeah. You're not only not content, you're unhealthy. Yeah, because, because of it. you are identifying yourself with your stuff. Right. Well, wouldn't you say then, just an old saying, being content with whatever state you're in is just yes. the way to be? Yes. Get there, journey there, do whatever it takes, learn from those who are content, get around a content person, mm-hmm. let it rub off on you, ask questions. Do the work that it takes to become content. Yes, you should have an ongoing thankful attitude, right. which is what we talked about, right. which is a key. So that's the place to start. Yeah, you You've keep got your to get eyes, that thankfulness. Keep your eyes on the one who supplies all your right. needs, who says, come all who are weary and heavy laden and find rest in me. Being content does not mean you're denying that you have problems because problems come into your life. And I don't think being content or being satisfied that you have to accept some kind of problem that's happened to you. That doesn't mean like if somebody murders your child or something, all of a sudden you're going to be content with that. No, I don't think you have to be content or accept or be satisfied with the evil act that was done to you. But what you can do is you can walk with the Lord. He will be with you. Yes in that and you can be content because you know you're trusting in the lord and whatever trouble hits you it won't affect your internal attitude doesn't mean you can't be uh, grieving or anything like that but nothing will touch you i read in one of my devotionals from oswald chambers that says if god has made your cup sweet drink it with grace if he's made it bitter drink it in communion with him You just walk with him and be with him. And you can amazingly be content in trials. Can you read Philippians 4, 11 through 13? Well, in Philippians, it says, verse 11, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Right. So being content doesn't mean sitting still either, doing nothing. Paul says he can do everything, meaning he's out in the field. He's doing work. He's ministering. God has no problem with us trying to get a degree or working for a promotion, but it all has to do with your motive for doing something. I got to think that part of God's plan for our lives is that, he meant us to be content. Of course. Yeah. He doesn't want us. That's the word contentment. A state of meant being to content. Be content. Yeah. That's what God's will is for our life. And it's just another way that we can live a radical life. Thank you for listening today to our new Radical Life Support podcast series, A Moment with the Most. Please email us to let us know so we can know how to pray for you. We can be contacted at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. You can find us every Tuesday on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you like what you're hearing and think others will benefit, please share our podcast with your friends and family to get the word out. We want to touch and help as many listeners as possible. 
And for your convenience, we are listed on Apple Podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Spotify. You can download one of those apps and search for us on Radical Life Support so you won't miss a single episode. All of our podcasts are also listed on our host website at https colon backslash backslash radicallifesupport.buzzsprout.com. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week sharing another moment with the Moes. It's a radical life. Woo! Radical life.